um, doing products like Apple's products, uh, sometimes to a designer it's like, oh, that's just a box, right? Or that's just a filleted square. Um, and it seems, it seems almost easy to do, but to get it produced at that kind of perfection is uh, it's what uh, most uh, companies don't have the resources to pull off. When we are gunning for possibilities, it feels initially a bit frivolous until users get used to that new provision. Then when you take that away, now it becomes problematic. business side to determine like uh, find a balance between something that is marketable and uh, sellable attractive in the sales space versus and finding that balance with something that is appropriate in the home setting or is it like the responsibility of the designer to fight for um, designing for something that's appropriate for the actual use case sounds like it's everybody's job lah, right uh, the designer always thinks that like maybe the the you know it's a perpetual struggle of this designer feeling why the client like that you know why why or why is the marketing team always asking us to make all these things so that like they can shout better um, the but at the same time the realities are if the object doesn't really shout uh, it doesn't get sold so you know um, uh, I always think that uh, it's both the responsibility of a designer to try to uh, influence and educate uh, the clients or maybe even users but um, I think brands uh, and what they decide to do uh, have an important role to play here you know there are some brands that successfully do this right like Muji is uh, you know able to over time through its brand and philosophy educate and help people prefer right, a product that is not shouting at you um, but most others are uh, not, not doing that. And, and this is a huge effort on their part, right? To educate um, customers and to, to have a better discernment in terms of what they choose to put in their homes. Mm, yeah. So, so yeah, so it's a lot of work on everybody's part uh, in order for this kind of thing to work. And that's why, that's why you always see that like, hey, this thing are the designer will buy, this are normal people won't buy. So that's, the, <laughs> that's always the, the thing, right? But that's because the designer is maybe slightly more attuned to like, buying things that are less designed, right? Um, and then the public yet is like, I got to buy that because it's calling out to me at the shelf. Yeah. I, I do see slowly the, the shift though towards um, the so-called design, designer-esque product mm -hmm. that <clears throat> uh, it, I, I feel like it has become a bit more commonplace like with brands like Muji, right? And yes. even Xiaomi. Even Xiaomi, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all like very clean and something that like, oh, it looks very designerly, but actually it's very um, mass market and, and, and viable. Uh, with, with, mm. Yeah, so I don't know, yeah. There is a shift and I think that's because, uh, you know, different companies are doing quite a lot of work in this area to slowly educate, right? Apple is doing it a lot. Uh, Muji is doing it a lot. I think they, they play a big part. Um, yeah, as, as well as maybe sometimes th things just goes a bit in like cycles. Uh, people are getting a bit sick of all the high, highly shouting at you things and then they kind of want to revert to a bit of a time of simplicity. Maybe at some point in time they get a bit bored and they want to kind of like, uh, can we have a bit of interest, you know, in this? Uh, for me, I, I, I always think that minimalism, for example, is not really a blind reduction, right? You just don't, you don't just reduce it to like a sphere or a square, then it's 
minimalist. It's not, it's not that's a geometry, right? The the I, I think it's about just getting to a point whereby it's enough, right? Uh, to delight and uh, no more, no less. So that's uh, hopefully where we trend towards, right? In that swings of uh, going a bit more expressive to a bit more uh, subverted, right? Uh, or not subverted, but sub subtle, right? We hopefully swing towards something that is uh, calm, but with but not boring. Uh, I guess maybe, you know, with this so-called minimalist products, right, and mm. designing just enough, um, when something is just enough, then do you think that there's still space then for other products, like new innovations or new designs, when something is really, okay, it's designed to be just enough, then, yeah, is there still space for for creativity and innovation in the same like well, doing the just enough is very difficult to do, you know. So actually, uh, usually when there's less to design, less to work with, um, you're dealing with, you know, nothing decorative that tries to catch your eye. Uh, it's all in balancing that proportions or that small little curve or even the texture um, or even the edge, right? That, or even the finishing, right? Uh, that causes it to feel nice and that is actually a lot harder. Sometimes it's it's so hard that it's even beyond the designer. What, what I mean is this, um, it's easy for a designer to say, let's keep it really nice and neat, right? But to try to produce that in the factory is another challenge altogether. And that's why um, doing products like Apple's products, uh, sometimes to a designer is like, oh, that's just a box, right? Or that's just a filleted square. Um, and it seems, it seems almost easy to do. But to get it produced at that kind of perfection is uh, it's what uh, most uh, companies don't have the resources to pull off. Yeah. The, so actually simple is very, very expensive to, to make. And, and the creativity shifts from um, decorating. It shifts from decorating to figuring out how to solve this so that it's makeable. Right? Or how to invent new ways to make things so that like, um, these simple things can, can be derived. maybe in terms of the um, design process or approach, um, are there any key ingredients or key steps that you take as a designer in um, first approaching a project where you want to make products that people love? Like, are there any key steps you take? Yes, I, I, I do have. Um, maybe I'll try to say some things that... Uh, other designers might find relevant to consider. Um, I, I started off maybe like a lot of designers trying to find rational anchors for the reason that we do something, right? And sometimes we're hoping that we can find like a problem that human beings face or pain point or frustration. And then it feels like that's where to begin to design something uh, delightful for people. Uh, so I've done that for many years. Um, and limited my processes to that somewhat like, because it felt like only that was justified. But then I realized, uh, you know, um, after encountering more work and uh, learning from more people, uh, and maybe just the last eight, nine years, um, that the issue is users and even designers, sometimes they don't see uh, the problems that are not 
um, obvious, right? Uh, meaning that they don't see possibilities, right? And many times when we are gunning for possibilities, it feels initially a bit frivolous until users get used to that new provision. Then when you take that away, now it becomes problematic. So I think for me, I try to start with that point where I will see what normally people uh, gravitate to, even if it's an object that is not supposed to um, deliver that, that aspect and ask myself if, um, you know, just an example might make this clearer, like uh, a coffee machine, right? Uh, if you take a coffee machine and you try to figure out what's the pain point, right, then people will start to deal with things like drips uh, or like uh, clarity of usage. Um, and I think that, yes, we can work on that, but sometimes actually some things are already evolved so much that you know they are quite good. You don't have to further push this. But if you ask another question, instead of going from pain point, you say, uh, is a coffee machine social enough? Right? Does it promote, uh, you know, friends and friends drinking together, right? This is a dimension that you will never find by talking to people, say, what's the problem you have with a coffee machine? And maybe it points to a new way to see uh, such an object. And, and if we extrapolate to the future whereby, you know, indeed there's coffee machines that are so good for friendship chats, right? Uh, or like a shared cup, for example, then now you take it away, now that it feels like this coffee machine is a bit cold. So it's um, problems and possibilities are actually the two sides of the same coin. Um, but uh, for a start, like my, my, I mean myself in the earlier years and also like many other designers and students that we see, uh, they may feel like a certain kind of assurance and confidence by sticking to what feels like rational, obvious problems. Okay, so that's where I would say I usually try to start first so that I don't fall into the usual, uh, to me, boring uh, approach. Uh. It, from what you described, it sounds like kind of finding a thing that people don't know yet they miss. Yeah, yeah. You, you, actually, you, you have very sharp words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also kind of that, that faster horses thing, right? Um, the, it's, it's back to this thing. You, 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 can't, you sometimes need designers to purposely play this role to ask the question. Uh, but uh, no, we're not naive about this. We ask these questions, many of the times the speculations is nonsense. La. You know, it doesn't land anywhere that is resonant with people. Um, but I think it's a more interesting way to do things. And if you think enough in this area and explore enough, uh, we could find ways that are potentially um, resonant where it meets a latent need uh, that is not very obvious. <laughs>